This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Thursday, January 12, 2006. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to CNET's Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate length. We are happy to say that our producer, Veronica, is back with us, although barely. She's in agony and shouldn't even be here. <laughs> I'm in a world of hurt right now. <laughs> God, you look like you should be in a body cast. Yeah. Uh, actually, this pod, this today's podcast will be filled with concerned sounds and guilt because we can't believe that Veronica's here. Now, you may have also noticed that we sound like we're back in our regular studio, which is true. We yes. are. Uh, we apologize if you came seeking us out at Macworld, but uh, we had to pull out for various reasons, not uh, less among them being Veronica's condition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. They, Make for, me feel worse, For please. reasons both medical, technological, and logistical, yeah. we were forced to retreat to our studio. But meanwhile, Samantha gave us some good fodder for today's podcast <laughs> by including a rootkit in their latest version of SystemWorks, yeah, which like, they have now updated and fixed. We'd but. like to go ahead and say thanks, Semantic. It's always great to have um, a nice, juicy bit of rant bait. Yes, Semantic, the, the people protecting your computer, thought, eh, maybe we should include a rootkit. Yeah, I feel like it's a... Uh, I feel like the best way to protect people is to, I don't know, possibly open them up to attack and, and hide what we're doing. It's not even so much at this point about the opening you up to attack, because I think that the vendors, even though it's complete crap for them to be trying to say it at this point, are somewhat right in the sense that they say the chances of an attacker using it are indeed extremely slim. And the reason they were using a rootkit is they were trying to hide some files from Windows API so that users wouldn't delete them accidentally right but you know what stop it yeah don't hide stuff that you're doing in software that i pay for and install on my computer i want i i as a consumer have a right to complete transparency now i haven't delved deeply even into if this. that means that i screw up my own machine that's I, like this whole protecting me for my own good by yeah. potentially screwing me is just a really dangerous road to walk well and i haven't delved deeply into exactly what's going on but apparently these these files that they were hiding were related to n protect which is part of system works that protects the recycling bin and the last time i used system works which was avowedly like three years ago mm-hmm. i remember that end protect and the recycle bin stuff just really messed me up mm. and i remember digging in and saying like how can i disable this so it would make sense to me that they're like yeah people are always trying to disable our messy recycle bin protector maybe we should hide it right yeah. exactly We're, instead of fixing it we'll just go ahead and hide it i don't Brilliant. know if that's exactly the case but in Symantec's defense they they have come out and patched it immediately they mm-hmm. didn't mess around as soon yeah. as it was reported they said yep that's a bad I idea i mean granted they didn't patch it until it became public thanks to our rootkit hero mark rasinovich yeah <laughs> who is uh the same guy you may remember who blew the whistle according to eweek on sony's controversial drm rootkit he is also apparently credited with finding the rootkit in system works norton system works along with researchers at finnish antivirus vendor f secure and Rasinovich said that Symantec was very receptive to the warnings right. uh, and they reacted quickly. And he believes that they were really trying to benefit the consumer, that there was no benefit to Symantec but in using this. But he finds he says, it really worrisome that people are doing this. Exactly. That, and that he's seeing it in commercial vendors more and more that they are hide, trying to hide functions within rootkits because they don't want consumers to find or mess around with them. And you know what? I know you think, again, you may think you're protecting us. 
don't go hiding crap on my computer. Fear is a bad motivator. It is. It's a terrible motivator. And you know what? If you're if if you have the average consumer, like you said, Tom, rooting around in the deepest, darkest files of this program, trying to turn something off or alter something, maybe there's something fundamentally wrong from the get go. Yeah. And there's already I mean, there's a hidden file aspect to Windows that is not lascivious that a user can undo and reveal. And that's the way it should work. It should be hidden to most people. And if you know what you're doing, you should be able to unhide it. And then like you say, it's if you mess it up, it's your own deal. Exactly. And you you paid for it. So whatever. Speaking of things that don't work, (sighs) Google Video, uh, (laughs) which as we mentioned, has been rolling out slowly. So yesterday I, I took a shot at it. And was like, okay, apparently it's supposed to work with iPod. Well, guess what? None of the stuff you buy that I could find Mm -hmm. works with iPod. It's only the free stuff so far that works with iPod, uh, as Alex Brewer actually wrote in and 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 noted as well. PSP and other portable devices. Yeah. So creatives and And vision. even, Even then, even if they were to make some of the four pay videos work with iPod, you don't find out whether it works with iPod or not until you've already paid for it. And then when you get the download button, which comes after you give your credit card information, there's a drop down menu that tells you what formats it's for. So, so I, you've literally paid for it. Yeah. Have you at that point confirmed yeah. your purchase and everything? Exactly. You have to press oh, confirm purchase give me before a download. Break. Now, here's the thing. I, I bought an episode of Deep Space Nine. It said must have Windows XP and an internet connection to watch this video. So it's not even Mac compatible. Yes. So it's not even Mac compatible. And and why do you need an internet connection to watch this video? I had to divine from that. Well, if I need an internet connection, obviously I'm not going to be able to put this on my iPod. But it right. didn't say it's available for this viewing. So it's got DRM in it that communicates with Google. Yeah. And in fact, when I did the manual <laughs> download and said, okay, you know what? I want to manual fi- manually download this file to see what I can do with it. It gave me a, it downloaded in a split second, which means I'm not even getting the file. Right. It seems like it's actually streaming wow. over the internet. Whoa. So I don't know how long I have this file for. What a bunch I've of paid $1.99 for it. I can only watch it when I'm connected to the internet, which means storm comes through and my internet connection goes out. Can't watch the video, even if I have electricity. And you paid for it. And I've paid for it. That's wow. ridiculous. Not and to mention all the stuff that, people are saying about the interface being awful. Well, yeah, the interface is complete crap. Like, it just looks terrible. I know they're trying to make it as simple as possible, but it looks horrible. And then they've got that dumb thumbnail thing so that if you, for example, choose Charlie Rose, which I don't oh, know right. why you would. Yeah. I mean, the other issue is the content that they're offering right now is pretty... Uh, well, some of it's good. I'm not like, saying Charlie Rose Lucy. is bad, but I don't know. Anyway... <laughs> Moving Molly. on from that because that's totally subjective and I'm bound to incite a yeah, billion like emails. Um, when you choose Charlie Rose, you get a page full of pictures of Charlie Rose. There's yeah. no way to tell what episode it is, who the guest is. Like at least the screen grab could be of the of Charlie and the guest. Yeah, there's no so description until, really until you've what clicked are in. Thinking? It's so just also awful. with Deep Space Nine. It gives you the names of all of the episodes, but you don't know what season they're from or anything until you've clicked within. Right. Then it doesn't tell you any description of the show. It actually gives you a 30-second <laughs> clip that is apparently pulled at random. So you can't really tell what the episode's about, even from the 30-second clip. Brilliant. And then on top of that, it is pretty expensive. Like, certain videos seem Some to be of them are really expensive. Well, yeah. I, you know, I, most of the stuff's $1.99, which is equivalent to iTunes. Most of it, but then some of it is $1.99 for, for really short clips, and uh-huh. then basketball games are like 4 bucks. Why am I going to pay 4 bucks for a basketball game that already aired? 
Because you're a fan. <laughs> you know, like I can already see the the well, outcome. Here's the I deal. If I'm a huge fan and yeah. I'm going to get to keep this and watch it, it was the best game ever. Yeah, maybe I will pay a little extra in $4. But apparently I'm not even going to be able to watch it unless I'm connected to the internet. Yeah, of course, I don't know if that's true of NBA, but it was true of Deep Space Nine. Which really, what is that about? Why does it need you to be connected to the internet to watch it? You know what the thing is with Google Video? It works really well for the free stuff. Because yeah. I went in and I oh, found yeah. an, I found an old screensavers uh, segment on the iPod because mm-hmm. I was searching right. on iPod, and it pulled it up. It told me exactly what it was about. It gave me a little thing of like, you can put this on your video iPod. Here's the drop down menu because I didn't have to pay, so that came up right away. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, this yeah. this works well. We should totally clarify that we're talking about the Google Video Store, the free Google Video. Well, it's all mashed product. in together. Anyway. It is all mashed in together in the interface, yeah. and that's terrible. But the free product is fantastic and totally addictive like you will just sit there all day and you know what you can find on there we always get emails asking about this the old cnet commercials that we used to run where you're kind of you're connecting the consumer and the the guys are holding hands and it looks like it's made in the 70s awesome i mean uh, the thing is like look for cnet tv commercials google really really good at search engine google really bad at e-commerce so far yeah really and i think it's the first google product to just land with a resounding thud all right all so right. let's move on to speaking Steve Soderbergh. Uh, yeah, speaking of products that are landing with a, obviously. a thud to some, I think this is very interesting. Steven Soderbergh is releasing his new film, Bubble. What's that about? Do you know? I don't know. Bubble? Bubble. Hmm. It's kind of a bad name. Hey, it's Steve Soderbergh. That'll be good. <laughs> it's not as bad as McBook, but it's not good. Bubble will be released simultaneously in theaters and on DVD. And on HDNet. Uh, it will be that. broadcast on oh, yeah, HDNet the night of its full theatrical release. So you can choose to go to the theater, watch it at home, or buy the DVD. Wow. We need to get to Steve real quick and give him the idea of putting the DVD for sale as you walk out of the theater. Yeah, totally. Can't really do it's much brilliant. about people watching I, at see, home. Now, me, I love this, but not surprisingly, movie business, freaking out. Most of the big movie chains have refused to carry the film. It was, by the way, financed and distributed by... Um, Mark Cuban. Who owns HDNet. Who owns HDNet. And a former broadcast.com executive, well, Mark Cuban and Todd Wagner and their Wagner Cuban companies. You know what? Unless this movie flops, it's a Steve Soderbergh production. Yeah. It's going to be popular. Oscar and winner, if, Steve if Soderbergh. theaters refuse to carry it, they're just cutting out their own chance to make some money on it at a time when they need it. Right. Because that is just going to force people to watch it on TV, on HDNet, if they have it, or go buy the DVD. Well, and they, I mean, this is just that typical example of the yeah. people who are, this is how we've been doing it forever, and they're freaking out. And okay, maybe they're understandably freaking out, but this is the way it's going to go. I mean, you still have Disney, Bob Iger, talking about how this is what movie makers are going to have to do. Yep. Because if you don't do it, if, they, if there isn't a DVD available at a reasonable price when the movie comes out, then people just sit there with their video cameras. And they put it online. You know, people don't have a right. Like you could actually. To show their movie in the theater. It's just another distribution channel. And, yeah. And up till now, it's been one of the main ones. But but it is not an inalienable right that you have some exclusive access as a theater owner yeah. to a movie. I'm sorry, but it's not. And it could actually cut down on piracy to make these movies available in more Absolutely. formats. If it's suddenly available online for a fee. If it's suddenly available in DVD and a legitimate. I mean, that that I think is what movie piracy somewhat comes down to because people are like i need to get my hands on this theater on this movie right now and i don't want to go to the theater yeah so i'll get it on BitTorrent, or or from netflix or from netflix wait what 
just transitioning to our next story. Because <laughs> if it's on DVD, eventually Somewhat it'll be available on Netflix. Oh, eventually. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that Netflix was suddenly going to get into this simultaneous release no, thing. No, which no, Which would be pretty Which sweet. actually, that's a, uh, you know what? I hadn't thought about it, but yeah. But why they not? they should. They should. Yeah. In fact, they should do it with Soderbergh. Oh. They, they should, should jump on that train, help pay for that uh, class action lawsuit settlement. Yeah. So in other news, what happened here is that Netflix... <laughs> this is crazy. Got in trouble, was sued because they faced charges that they broke customer service agreements. So then there was a class action settlement, but now the FTC is saying the settlement really disturbs us because it's basically allowing Netflix to send out emails to current and former subscribers saying, hey, you can get a free one-month membership or a free one-month upgrade in your service plan, which is sort of, and then you sign up and you give your credit card number, and so you could end up actually paying for it down the road and essentially Netflix as a result of a class action settlement in which they were found to be at fault could end up signing up new subscribers. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with that? The FTC said it's a free market. The settlement would serve more as a promotional vehicle for Netflix than a means of providing redress to consumers and could leave some consumers in a worse position than if they had decided not to participate. Hey, they've made atonement though. Uh-huh. You know, give them another chance. Why not? <laughs> Some lawyers got rich, Netflix gets some new subscribers, and that's the world of business. Frankly, that's a lot less offensive than what's going on with this Sprint story. This is off of the uh, Los Angeles Channel 4 NBC News website. Yeah, so I'm looking, by the way, just to give due caution, I'm waiting to see this from some other sources, but... Well, you know, NBC Channel 4 is a respectable, long-lasting television news outlet, so it's Mm. it's not like this is just showing up on Ananova. Still television news. Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's much less reputable than a podcast. Reportedly, <laughs> that's true. Okay, touche. Reportedly, um, uh, in uh, this happened in L.A. Apparently, Eastvale, California, an SUV was carjacked as a family was loading their baby into it. The criminals drove off in the SUV with, with the, baby the baby inside, with their Sprint cell phone in there. Mm-hmm. So the parents call 911. They realize that the Sprint cell phone with the GPS locator technology is located inside. This is so bad. Yeah, this it's is horrible. so bad. Sprint would not provide a location to the parents or the deputies until saying they told that they told the police and the parents that they needed to pay a twenty five dollar activation fee. No subpoena fee or subpoena fee. Oh, a fee for a subpoena. Okay. What? So, and or fill out some a bunch of forms. Their baby is in the car with a car thief and has essentially this is, been kidnapped. This is their cell phone. This isn't like right. we're asking for someone else's records. This isn't trying to... Tra- I mean, I understand that the companies are being very sensitive about tracking people with GPS, and that's great. But I am asking where my own cell phone is. Right. Not where someone else's is. And my kidnapped and my baby and the, is yeah. in the car. Yeah, exactly. I'm standing here with the cops. My baby's in this car. I mean, that is just... And you know... The, obviously, this is not Sprint's company policy, right? This no. is some They're not bureaucratic baby little turd who was like, well, I'm sorry to say that this is the well, policy. Well, actually, this requires a $25 fee, and you have to fill out these forms here. Yeah. That's what he sounds and like. And these people are, that's exactly what he sounds like. And these people are standing there freaking out. Now, it uh, does end somewhat well because a uh, passerby noticed the van, reported it, and the boy was found safe in the car seat right. two and a half hours later. No thanks to Sprint. And supervisors were told to do with them. Sprint has an emergency protocol that the employee in this situation did not 
follow. Yes, because he's a bureaucratic so, little turd. Yeah, this is this is this is an individual yeah. problem. This is somebody who thinks they're following the rules, but doesn't really understand all the rules. It's yeah. bad training. It's a frankly. hiring problem. It's a, it, well, it maybe a hiring problem. It's also bad training. It could be. I mean, to me, that's when you. To me, that is emblematic of some kind of top-down customer service problem, even if it's just at that store. And Sprint has never well, it's probably the gotten, phone bank, not a store. But. Sprint's never gotten high marks yeah. for customer service. Well, you know, you know when you so skip on like, training, it's hey, going to bite you in the ass, and it here is. it does. And that's what exactly how. Because, what a dummy. Because yeah. even if it is just the one guy, Sprint's is the name that is attached to all of this. I don't want to absolve the individual of their own responsibility, though. The person on the phone should have... You know, there's time to break the rules. Yeah. And that uh-huh. is certainly a time. Yes. Unless unless he thought it was a hoax. I mean, seriously, but I doubt he did. who are they if hiring? the cops are there, how can it be a hoax? Well, yeah, unless I am livid. could be punked. I don't know. The yeah, he's being, oh, Yeah, like that him. guy's getting punked. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that... Uh, wow. You bureaucratic little turd. If you can verify that it's the owner... Do and, it. And the owner, Honestly, yeah, come on. I don't think done. I've been so angry about something in a long time. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable that some jerk was standing there telling parents whose baby had been kidnapped. I think that must be what it is. I think whatever maternal instincts yeah. are bred into me somewhere yeah. deep inside are like that you rising imagine, to the surface. I know. And, like you imagine that mama standing there bawling. Change of subject. Anyway. Yeah, actually, on. you know what? This is a good time to stop. Take a break. We're going to come back with uh, a bunch of Macworld follow up stuff in just a sec. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. <laughs> all right, so we got a ton Monica's of, of still, Mac uh, stuff. seething over the last story. Yeah, she's simmering over there. I it's going to boil over. I know. Oh, my God. How will she feel when she sees Windows Vista running on a Mac? <laughs> yeah, so we were talking yesterday about whether you'll be able to run. It hurts. It hurts. Whether you'll be able to run Windows on the new Intel-based uh, Macs, mm-hmm. and a guy in the audience was like, "Oh, they've already done it. They've already done it." Well, yeah, he's right. There's actually a yeah. uh, there's actually videos of that, but apparently XP. Or there's not videos of that. We'll there's get video, to that. Right? Yeah. Apparently, XP will not run on a MacBook. Although I bet somebody can still make it happen. I'm sure. Uh, but because of some some technicalities with the way the Intel Core Duo is used, the extensible firmware interface exactly. Than the BIOS. Uh, you can run Vista though. People right. Are, people are thinking that Vista will be able to dual boot, but not uh, so XP. If so if Vista ever ships, then you can have it. <laughs> or if you're lucky enough to be a Vista beta tester. Yeah. Lucky enough. In fact, the lucky Vista and OS X beta testers could be doing it right now. Oh, my goodness. And probably are, some of them. Yeah, so it's like, if you're a beta tester and you have ordered a new iMac or a MacBook, then a you're MacBook. all set. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's actually co- correct, MacBook, because MC mm-hmm. in McDonald's is actually an abbreviation of MAC. Oh, really? So you're just saying it. I'm just saying you know, it correctly. I'm just saying it more Scottishly. <laughs> more Scottishly. And as we all know, if it's not Scottish, it's And actually, crap. we did get an email from someone wanting to know why the MacBook had to be so supersized. He said, why does it have to be 15 inches? That's just, wait, that's big. Why can't you get a 12-incher? Well, eventually you will. It's coming. They're rolling yeah, them all out by it. the end of the year. Don't worry about also, it. Also, a bunch of people sent us this email of OS X running on a Sony Vaio. We'll, uh, I'll post it to the forums, the link with the right. show notes for today. But or you it's can pretty, check it out on Google Video. It's pretty funny. The guy opens up a Sony Vaio with Windows, shuts down Windows, reboots. You get boot options. He chooses OS X, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's booting, running OS X on his Vaio. It looks kind of cruddy. 
the video though. Yeah, the video it looks sort of like you know why why with this cool stuff does it always have to look like a Bigfoot video? <laughs> totally. Why couldn't they use like a better quality? Then, of, because then you're always like, wait, does that really say Mac OS? I can't right tell if that's a guy in a gorilla here. suit or OS ten. <laughs> nice. Nice. We also got a bunch of emails. Um, yesterday we speculated that Intel's Core Duo processor would likely not have awesome battery life because uh, yes. there were some um, people who went and basically unplugged the MacBooks at the Apple booth at Macworld and looked at the battery indicator and it said, you know, maybe only three or four hours remaining. But Jarl, Jarl in Bergen, Norway, pointed mm-hmm. us at an, to an Anantec story mm-hmm. about Intel Core Duo battery life. Where they did performance tests on two identical notebooks from Asus. Uh, and they said the only difference is that one uses Napa and the other uses Sonoma. Two counties in Northern California. Yeah. And also two... Known for their wines. Two versions of the Duo platform. And it said that the only difference uh, that you see marginal differences in some cases and the Core Duo outperforms both in battery life and benchmark performance. But that still, we still remains to be seen how the OS X mm-hmm. works with the Core Duo on the battery. But that, that, mm-hmm. that does give us another, another mark in the direction. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's good to see. I mean, you know, the power management is, is Intel's big thing. They keep hammering it, so. Yep, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be too surprising for But I'm still not prepared to believe them. And also, someone did tell us that if you go and you put your hand under one of the MacBooks <laughs> at uh, the Apple booth, that you, you could burn yourself. All right. It is a hot little notebook. Update to the uh, story about iTunes transmitting your personal info. Well, you, you know, at least what, what songs are in your playlist back to Apple. Apple spokesman, uh, according to Boing Boing, told Macworld that Apple discards the personal information that the iTunes mini store transmit. We don't, we don't keep it. We promise we're right. being like everyone else who violates your privacy. Mm-hmm. We promise we're only doing it for your own good. We're not keeping it. If someone else came along and stole it, that'd be one thing, but we don't do it. So if you trust Apple, then you're fine. Yeah. And, or if you don't anyone. really care about that. Or if you don't care. Yeah. I don't really care. Because it's not the music in my playlist. It's the stuff I click on in the music store. Another email answering a question about iWeb. We were speculating w- whether iWeb would be able to publish to non.mac sites, and they mm-hmm. sent us right to the document on the apple.com site. Thanks to Jay for this, where it says you can publish your site to a server instead of to.mac. You lose password protection, hit counter, and slideshow with viewing controls. Also, so subscribe why? buttons work a little differently because you have to reassign them. So. Uh. Well, you know what? Because all of that stuff, password protection hit counter, yeah. it's all referring it's all to .Mac. You know, so it's a security thing. They don't want outside sites being able to steal that. The good news is it's still only a two-step process, so it doesn't make iWeb any more unnecessarily difficult. Because I think the thing is ease of use, and indeed you just publish to a folder and then choose your location and blah, blah, blah. Now, we were speaking about the MagSafe power cord earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the magnetic is, connector found in the new MacBooks. Yeah, so the idea being that if you trip on it or a pet runs across or a kid knocks it out, it won't actually damage the power cord. It's magnetically applied, so it just <laughs> comes out easy. There's a wonderful blog posting, and we're not just saying this because it's on news.com, it's but it's from hilarious. Scott Ard, where he talks about the fact that According to a CNN article from 2001, the breakaway <laughs> cord is a standard that was developed by the Underwriters Laboratories. That's the UL, whenever you see UL listed on something. Oh, yeah. This is used on countertop deep fryers, fondue sets, and other similar <laughs> kitchen <laughs> gadgets. Now designed, that's reporting. Designed as a way to reduce burns caused when, child, when a child pulls on the cord. And uh, I love this last paragraph. He's not taking away from Apple's thoughtfulness in applying the concept to laptop power cords. However... Jobs noted that the MagSafe is patent pending in his keynote address, 
And to get a patent, you generally have to be first to market. The patent office looks for earlier similar inventions known as prior art, or in this case, fryer art. But um, nice. It's funny nice. you're reading it. I think good reporting it out loud. Good but reporting. Good on you, Scott Ard. Uh, just a little update on hackers versus Sony. The latest Sony PSP firmware 2.6 has been hacked, and the first home homebrew games have emerged. Ta-da! Look for Sony to respond in kind. Ball in your court, because Sony. they can't just let it go. All right, final email from Joel in Redondo Beach. He agrees with Molly that the name MacBook Pro is awful. And uh, he wonders, can the iMac with front row be used as a DVR? He doesn't see anything about TV support. I think you just have to add a TV tuner. Yeah. It would have to be external. And you can find those at the Apple stores. You find it much cheaper online. The question is where you'd get all your listings and stuff. Yeah, you could probably get it from TV Guide. There's that web, yeah. Yeah, there's the web services. Uh, He also wondered about running OS X on the PowerBook that has 10.3. This is different than running OS X on on a Windows machine. He's like, can I get the OS X for Intel and run it on a PowerBook? I think you're just a little confused, Joel. You can get the new version of OS X for the the PowerBook. You just have to buy the one that's for the PowerPC instead of the one for Intel. Do you? I thought it was Universal and would run on Oh, is it Universal? I don't think so. Okay, so he doesn't even have to look for that. That's why they call it Universal. He doesn't even have to look for that. You just buy it and it will run on either one. It's not different software, yeah. Okay. So yes, you just need to upgrade it. But it is available for the PowerPC because the new... The new versions of, of all of the Apple stuff that are still PowerPC that haven't been converted to Intel will be running yeah. OS 10. It's a straight up so. upgrade. Don't you panic. See, that's Don't what happens. Don't worry, Joel. Don't when worry. you do the switching and the thing and the oh, emulating yeah. and the mm-hmm. whatnot and the, yeah. and the Rosetta. I know. With the screaming. Holy heavens. Hey, we're back in the studio. So guess what? You can call us 1-800-616-CNET and we will actually be able to take your calls and play them. We can't wait because it's been so long since we were able to do that. We miss you. You can also email us buzz at cnet.com, B-U-Z-Z, and uh, post on the forums, forums.cnet.com, and look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. That's how you'll find us. Get well e-cards to Veronica are yeah. always welcome. <laughs> All right. Thanks for pulling yourself in here. Now go home, Veronica. Going. All right. Bye. Bye, folks. <laughs>